The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com and download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. It's at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. To get all of my additional content, head over to my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. That includes bonus podcasts and the website that has delivered 103 months in a row of transparent track profit on its top package. You can still sign up for the package to get in in time for this weekend's NFL. We have killed the NFL season so far. We've only had three losing weeks so far this season. That means for 16 weeks, we have delivered a profit so far in this NFL season. 16 out of 19 weeks, we've delivered a profit, including going four, going four and one ATS with my picks last weekend. I look to continue that momentum going. This will be the month where all of our incredible NFL futures get added to the month as well. Therefore, it looks safe that we're already going to have 104 months of transparent track profit. We've already been doing well in all the other sports that we cover anyway. Winning regularly in the NBA with our picks and props. Making money in soccer as per usual. And we have the WWE Raw Rumble coming up next weekend. And this weekend, we have a UFC card with Cyril Garn challenging Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight championship. One of the biggest heavyweight fights that we've had in years. And I'll be covering that here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network over on the Fight Show. Should make sure that you check out all of my additional content. But if you want to get on board and make that profit, we've delivered for 103 months in a row. If you want to get on board with that, it's lockbetting.com. It's a Patreon site that you'll go to. That's allowing me to be 100% transparent. I use Patreon because it allows all of my clients to comment. And if I had in any way altered my PL, if I had taken away plays that lost or added plays that nobody got, I would be picked up on it immediately. If you want to go and check out a PL, 
You can check the PL out from last month. You can see the December PL. It is on the pinned tweet at my Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. So click on that pinned tweet. Go and have a look at the spreadsheet. Read up my review of what we did in 2021. It's very, very important that you do that. Don't just sign up for the service without doing your due diligence. Have a look. It's legit. We really have done this. And you can have a look and find every single other spreadsheet for November, October, August, whatever, all of the months that happen happened in 2021 and you can see what we did. No place to run, no place to hide. This is genuine. We are well on our way to 104 months in a row of Transparent Track Profit over at lockbetting.com. Moving on with this edition of the EPL show, we're not covering the, the Friday game because you're probably listening to this after it's happened. Uh, Watford versus Norwich, that is. So we're going to start with the first game on Saturday and it's going to feature Duncan Ferguson take a temporary charge of Everton probably till the end of the season. They're at home to Aston Villa and they are the 2-1 to underdogs here in this spot. It's 23-10 to on the draw and Steven Gerrard's Villa are the 6-4 plus 150 favourites to win this game. As you guys know, I'm a firm believer in the new manager bounce. We've made a lot of money taking that angle over the years. However, I'm not sure if the new manager bounce really counts if the guy was there the whole time. He was a part of Rafa's staff. So I don't know what Duncan Ferguson is going to do differently here. Yes, he's a very inspirational character. He can get players behind him if they want to play for him. But I don't know if these Everton players want to play for everybody. There seems to be a toxic atmosphere at this club, much like I I say there is sometimes at Man United. But this club are really, really bad. They're one of the highest spenders in the Premier League over the last five years. They've spent £500 under these new owners and they're trying to stay in the Premier League. So this has really, really not worked out for them. And I don't know what Duncan Ferguson is going to get out of this bunch I'm not sure that they're aware of how much of an important player, what type of player that Duncan Ferguson was when he played for Everton. And, and I'm talking about maybe the, the, the foreign players here on the Everton team. So I'm not really going to go with that big reaction uh, and see that as a guarantee here in this spot. I wouldn't be surprised if Aston Villa just won this game and Everton continue to plummet. They're just going to be lucky that there will be three worst teams in them at the end of the season because I don't care what they do from this point. They're not going to go down because Burnley, Norwich, Watford and even Newcastle are so bad that Everton just cannot get sucked into this race. But they can certainly finish just above that, above that pile. They can finish just above those four, certainly the way they're playing. I think there will be goals in this game. I think that's the way to play it. There have been three or more goals scored in six of Everton's last seven games. Aston Villa already beat Everton 3-0 in the reverse fixture. And Aston Villa's games this season in the Premier League are averaging 2.95 goals per game. So just under three goals per game. I think this would be an open game. There have been at least three goals scored in six of Everton's last seven, as I just said, and in four of their last five at Goodison. So I see nothing different here. I think this Everton team will go for it. I think they'll try and and put together some kind of response. But I just don't think they bought well enough. I just don't think these players have adjusted to the Premier League. I think they've taken too many risks. I think the signing last season of Hamish Rodriguez was was indicative of what Everton have tried to do here. They've tried to punch alongside the the top teams because they are a top name, or they should be a top name 
um, at least in the bracket of the likes of an Arsenal, Tottenham and Chelsea, probably perhaps not as big as your Man United's or your Liverpool's, but they've just not gone about getting back up there in the right way. Um, Carlo Ancelotti was a terrible fit. Some of the signings have been a terrible fit. Rafa Benitez was possibly the worst managerial appointment ever. It was completely illogical to go for someone who was an ex-Liverpool manager who your supporters hate. He was never going to get a fair go and he did a terrible job anyway, despite being given, I think, a decent amount of time in the end because Everton have been poor for a while. And uh, that's why I can't take him here, despite the fact this is a um, this is a trend that I like to ride. I think I'm just going to go with the goals here and uh, hopefully Everton can contribute towards the scoring. We know Aston Villa will. We, we, we saw them attacking last week. We saw them getting back into that game against Man United. We saw them dominating the game at Old Trafford. We saw Coutinho coming on and, and making an impact. He's 7-2 to score any time off the back of scoring in his debut against Manchester United. So an interesting game here to start things off and I think it'll be uh, a game that delivers goals. So over two and a half goals here available at Plus Money. I'm going to take that here at 11-10 in this one. Up next, we move on to the game between Brentford and Wolves where Brentford are the 2-1 home dogs. It's 21-10 the draw and it's 6-4 here on Wolves. Pretty much identical pricing to the last game. And once again, I can make a case for the away team. Now, I understand that what uh, that Brentford sorry, played well against Manchester United last time out. I understand their manager made some comments, which I think were massive exaggerations, that they smashed Man United and they battered Man United and they should have been three goals up and, and took a dig at Jadon Sancho, who who wasn't playing that day or wasn't in the squad because he went to a funeral. So Thomas Frank's comments were were ridiculous, much like his his comments about the vaccine previously. Um, I, I've grown to dislike this manager as the season's gone on, and that was amplified by what he said on Wednesday. But that's not the reason I'm picking against his team here, because we've seen his team raise the intensity and try and go for the top teams. We've seen that ground come alive for the visits of Arsenal, Liverpool and Man United. But when Wolverhampton Wanderers come here, I don't think it's going to have that kind of energy. I don't think the players are going to play to that intensity. And I don't think they're going to find this Wolves team easy to penetrate. Wolves have been one of the best defensive teams so far in the Premier League this season. It's scoring goals that have been Wolves' problem. However, they've won each of their last three games in all competitions, having a very good start to 2022, starting with a win at Old Trafford against Man United. Brentford have lost five of their last six in the Premier League, and they've actually lost most of their home games this season, losing six out of the 11 home games that they've had, this Wolves side already have five away wins in the league and four of those have come by a single goal margin. I think this could be another game where Wolves edge out another opponent. As I said, I think there'll be a reduction in intensity. This isn't a fortress. I heard the game on, on Wednesday and the commentators were talking up how Brentford were 10 points clear of the relegation zone and how they'd overachieved and how nobody likes coming to Brentford. Well, the facts don't tell you that. The fact tells you that they've lost most of their home games. The facts tell you that we have some of the weakest teams this season down the bottom with some of the weakest points totals where it looks like 30 points 
could actually get you safe this season. So that's why Watford, uh, sorry, that's why Brentford are already looking safe. It's not because they've done anything extraordinary so far in the Premier League. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Wolves getting this win. I like the under two and a half goals. I don't see loads of goals between these two games, but that's very juiced up. That's available at four to seven. So there's no value in that play. So we'll simply go for Wolves here as a pick. This pushes if the game ends up being a draw, but obviously you win it if Wolves win. And that one is available here at three to four. I think that's a safer option to the money line. I think that Brentford could get a point out of this game. But looking at the Man United game and, and automatically thinking, oh yes, Wolves are a, a lower league, a lower team than Manchester United and Brentford might be able to do something here and they were unlucky on Wednesday and they played really well and they smashed Man United, etc, etc. First of all, that isn't entirely true. Yes, they had some good periods in the first half, but Man United played very poorly. Man United have played a lot of poor halves this season. I was surprised that they pulled out that second half. I mean, if you combine the, the last 15 minutes of the Villa game with most of the first half from the Brentford game. And that's awful from Man United. That's that's going back to the worst point of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We cannot play like that. But if you look at the first 75 minutes against Villa and you look at that second half against Brentford, that is progress. They are some of the, the best moments that we've had this season. That, that second half against Brentford was a really, really good half. The first half against Villa was really, really good as well. So there seems to be some movement in the right direction. We'll talk about that over at BetMUFC, but I wouldn't put too much weight into Brentford putting Man United on the back foot. Loads of teams that have done, have done that this season. Wolves did that to Man United for nearly four, nearly four halves. They dominated the home game and they dominated Old Trafford as well. So don't put any weight into that. I think this is a decent Wolves team. I think Bruno Large has done really, really well. And if either of these two sides do win this game tomorrow, I'm going to lean with Wolves to pick up the points here in this one. Up next, we move on to Leeds versus Newcastle, where Leeds are the even money favourites. It's 11-4 on the draw, and it's 5-2 here on Newcastle. Newcastle really desperately need a win. And a few weeks ago, that was Leeds' scenario, but nobody was talking about it because nobody really believed that Leeds could get relegated from the Premier League. Well, Leeds have kind of proved those people right. And it's not to say Leeds are having a much better season now or anything, but a couple of wins will get you out and away from this relegation pack. That's what Everton need to do at the moment. I think that's what Brentford need to do at the moment as well. They're a team that look like they're going to get sucked back in unless they pick up a win or two. But for me, I think uh, Leeds have got themselves safe. I think at this point in time, Newcastle would have expected to have got themselves safe. They've had fixtures against the likes of Norwich and, and Watford. And we we saw tonight how bad Watford are. The game is just finished against Norwich. That result has shocked me to see Norwich pick up three points against Watford. They've actually got themselves out of the relegation zone. On a side note, I think it's a really good time to double down on the future for Norwich to get relegated. I don't think this team are going to be able to survive despite the fact that they've gone and, and put together back-to-back wins. I just feel that, that Newcastle or Burnley will end up getting out of this situation and uh, Norwich will end up going down along with Watford and either Newcastle or Burnley. Burnley always seem to survive 
And um, Newcastle, to me, seemed like a team that I just can't visualise them going down, becoming the richest club in the, in the world and investing in the January window like they have and then going down. And I don't think their business is done. I think the deadline day is going to be very, very interesting next week, especially for Newcastle fans. But as for this game... I think Newcastle will be able to deliver us a goal. I'm not sure they're going to be able to take anything from this game. I think this would be a win. Leeds are targeting to get themselves well and truly safe. But I do think both teams will be able to find a net. That one is available here at 16-25. to Newcastle have scored in five of their last seven Premier League games, whereas Leeds team have conceded in each of their last six Premier League games. Newcastle have lost six of their nine Premier League away games this season, so it wouldn't surprise me to see Leeds picking up the points again tomorrow. Seven of the last nine of Leeds Premier League games have produced three goals or more, and both teams have scored in five of Leeds' last six matches. So we'll ride the trend here, sorry. We'll go for both teams to score at 16 to 25, with me leaning towards Leeds, picking up the win and making things even more miserable for Eddie Howe and Newcastle. Up next, we move on to the late game on Saturday between Southampton and Man City. The Manchester United game, as per usual, is covered exclusively over on Bet MUFC as we recap the Brentford game, uh, look ahead to the game against West Ham this weekend, and talk about another Ronaldo controversy with Ronaldo being subbed off during that game and his reaction to it. And Ralph Ragnick has some has had some interesting comments about that. We talk about that over at BetMUFC, which should be available around about the same time as this show. But we look at the other Manchester club as Man City travel to Southampton and they are the 2-7 strong favourites to pick up a win here. It's 5-1 to one on the draw and it's 10-1 to one on Southampton. It's always difficult to find a play for these City games other than just finding them as a money line piece. In this particular spot, I think there is some value in taking Man City to win the game with both teams to score. City's an obvious play here. They've won each of the last seven in all competitions and they're on an incredible run in the Premier League, which has basically secured them the Premier League title, winning their last 12 in a row. Southampton could be a tough nut to crack. They are unbeaten in their last seven at home, but they have drawn four of those games, and I don't think they'll get anything out of this clash, especially seeing as uh, they've already held Manchester City to a nil-nil draw at Man City this season. I think Man City will be looking at that and taking this team very, very seriously. But as for the both teams to score side of things, Southampton have actually scored 14 goals in their last six games and haven't failed to score since September. Whereas City have conceded in five of their last seven competitive away games. Luckily, they didn't concede last week against Chelsea because we took that as the lock. So we'll continue to ride City here. But uh, I do think Southampton will be able to find a net and do something here in this game. Both teams have scored in Southampton's last five Premier League games. And four of Southampton's last five Premier League games have seen four or more goals. So as they've become safer here in the EPL, they have been involved in more entertaining games. And I see another one here tomorrow with Manchester City coming out on top here in this one. Up next, we move on to Arsenal at home to Burnley. Well, Arsenal are the one to three favourites. It's seventeen to four on the draw, and it's ten to one here on Burnley. This should be a straightforward win for Arsenal. Burnley managed to get another game cancelled. This team are getting rustier and rustier 
but they're also getting more and more games in hand over the opposition. They have actually five games in hand over Norwich, who leapfrogged them and got themselves out of the the Premier League relegation zone. But I don't think not playing for so long is going to help Burnley. I think this is a chance for Arsenal to pick up a win. Arsenal got a rest against Tottenham last weekend. They got that game cancelled under very dubious circumstances. And then they got themselves knocked out of the League Cup, out of the Carabao Cup in midweek on Thursday. So... Mikel Arteta will be looking for some kind of reaction. This is all Arsenal have to play for now, which is Champions League football. And I think they'll get the reaction here and they'll beat Burnley and they'll cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap line. That's available here at plus money at 11 to 10. Arsenal have won seven of their last nine at home and have covered this 1.5 Asian handicap line in six of those seven wins. Burnley have lost their last two league games and they've lost them by more than one goal. They are woeful in attack. They're short of numbers. They sold Chris Wood to Newcastle and uh, Arsenal here just have far, far better players. And I see them getting the win here in this one. Look out for... uh Bakayo Saka because he has scored four goals in his last three Premier League games he could be a good player for fantasy along with Smith Rowe um, individually uh, Bakayo Saka is available at five to two to score in his game and Smith Rowe is available at seven to two and I would be interested in both of those with the with the likes of Aubameyang not being in the team still and uh, Lacazette not being particularly prolific they could be picking up some goals from midfield in their wide players and their two players that I like here in this one. Up next, we look at Crystal Palace at home to Liverpool, where Palace are the five to one underdogs is sixteen to five on the draw, and Liverpool are the eight to fifteen favourites. Crystal Palace's good start to the season has started to undo itself slightly, but at the end of the day, the objective for this team is to be safe, and I think Crystal Palace are safe, and I feel like. They could get something from this game. I'm still not convinced by Liverpool without Salah and Mane. They did a very, very good job in midweek getting through to the the final of the Carabao Cup. It's also worth noting that they haven't conceded a goal in any of their last two games. But I do think that Crystal Palace could find a net here in this one. Liverpool have won nine of their last 13 away games. Uh, The Reds have just three clean sheets, though, in the last 14 away games. Palace have only failed to score in one of their 11 home games, a 0-0 draw, and that was the first match of the season at home. And Diego Jota is the player to watch. He has 10 goals in 20 Premier League games and scored twice in the midweek against Arsenal. So in the absence of Mane and Salah, he he becomes the key man and is worth looking at as your fantasy captain this week. Although, as I'm saying, his fantasy teams, the fantasy deadline's already gone. Um, They've been over two and a half goals in six of Palace's last eight home league games. And both teams to score has been a winning bet in seven of Palace's last nine league games at home. So I think you'll get decent value on that. Off the back of Liverpool keeping two straight clean sheets. I think both teams to score could be the way to go here in this game. With Liverpool ultimately coming out on top. Both teams to score individually is available at 3-4 to four here. If you tack on the Liverpool win. So both teams to score and Liverpool to win the game. You are looking at the price of 5-2. to two. I think there's big value there on that play. 
given that I feel that Palace will score in this game, but still ultimately, even without Salah and Mane, I think Liverpool win. I think Liverpool benefited from not having the most difficult schedule without those players there. You had Brentford at home last week. Now you've got Palace away, a team that are trending in the wrong direction. Um, you've then got the winter break next weekend. The EPL has a week off next weekend. And uh, yeah, by that point, I think Mane and Salah will be back. So it hasn't really affected them massively. I still think that this title race is well and truly over. But if anybody can get back into it and capitalise on Manchester City's focus shifting towards the Champions League, it will be Liverpool. I don't think it will happen, uh, but I do think they'll find a way to win this game. And my main play for this one will be for both teams to score, which is available at 3-4. to four. Up next, we move on to Leicester at home to Brighton. Leicester coming off one of the worst losses of the season. They were 1-0 up with 95 minutes gone. There was only five minutes injury time signalled. They seemed to concede with the last kick of the ball, but instead the ref gave them time to take their kick off where they lost possession. Tottenham got it back into their half, went clean through on goal. Bergwijn went round the goalkeeper and scored another goal. I mean, this wasn't as big as Tottenham knocking out Ajax in the Champions League, coming back from two down and the late winner they scored in that game or, or Manchester United's comeback against Bayern Munich because obviously these are bigger occasions. It's the Champions League, but it was dramatic in its own way because these were just unbelievably quick goals. Man United didn't score two goals in 30 seconds. Tottenham didn't score two goals in 30 seconds against Ajax. They grinded their way back in the game and got a late winner. Both of those games featured late winners, but it didn't feature two goals in a 30-second period. This was just the most unbelievable finish in the history of the Premier League. Even more historic than, than Manchester City coming back to beat Fulham and winning the league. Because again, that wasn't two goals in 30 seconds. It was two goals in, in five minutes. And when you're looking at the overall historical importance, obviously the, the City game stands up at a higher level. But I don't think you'll ever see a finish to a game like this. And Leicester were the victims of that. So... What kind of mindset are they coming into this season? And when you're looking at Brendan Rodgers as a manager, I feel like his stock has significantly dropped this season. This is a guy who was heavily linked to the Manchester United job. In the end, obviously, it went to Ralph Ragnick at a time when that vacancy became available. Had it been a month earlier, or had it been in the summer, then yes, you'd be looking at Brendan Rodgers. But you can't take Brendan Rodgers now. He'll be lucky to hold on to the Leicester job for next season. They've been so bad. And I understand they've won the FA Cup. And I understand they've regularly contended for the Champions League. But at the end of the day, they missed out. And at the end of the day, this is a manager who's managing the team that conceded two goals in 30 seconds in midweek against Tottenham. So... You have to be looking at him here and wondering what's happening with Brendan Rodgers and his game management. This Leicester team have been involved in games that have seen a ton of goals this season. 54 goals have been scored in their last 12 matches. 11 of the Foxes' last 14 games have seen both teams scoring. And six of Brighton's last nine competitive games have been 1-1 after 90 minutes so far. Both teams have found the net in Brighton's last four Premier League matches in five of Leicester's last seven. And are Brighton coming into this unbeaten in the last six. So it's difficult to take Leicester here on a bounce back. It's always difficult to bet against Brighton, but it's difficult to bet on Brighton because they draw a lot of games. I feel this one could be a score draw and therefore both teams would have to score. Therefore, both teams to score is once again my play. It's exactly the same price as it was for the last game, the Liverpool game. It's three to four here once again and that's what I'm going to take here for this game between Leicester and Brighton. 
The final game we're going to cover is the game of the week because it features Chelsea at home to Tottenham. Tottenham now have established themselves as genuine Champions League contenders. They are just sitting outside of the Champions League places at the moment. As for Chelsea, they're a team who's safely in the Champions League positions, but they are not challenging for the league. And that will come as a disappointment to Thomas Tuchel. They've really, really dipped in the last couple of months. But for me... This should be a winnable game for them. They've been very, very dominant against Tottenham so far this season, winning 3-0 earlier on in the season. Um, away to Tottenham, I went to that game. I also went to the 1-0 win at White Hart Lane, which is the second leg after Chelsea had already beaten them 2-0 at home and pretty much put one foot into the Carabao Cup final. So that's a 6-0 aggregate across three games. Therefore, it makes it difficult to take Spurs here, travelling to Stamford Bridge. And Chelsea could be doing many teams a favour here. Watford, uh, Watford sorry, West Ham, Man United, Arsenal, they'll all be rooting for a, a Chelsea win. And if Tottenham were to win this game, not only would it mean they look more likely to get into the top four, but what does that say about Chelsea? Because Chelsea can't deliver the same points haul as they have done in the last two months, again in the next two months. Because if they do, they could be a team that aren't safe in the top four. Maybe they could drop out. Maybe Man United and Tottenham could get in. I don't think it's going to happen. But look, what they've done in the last two months isn't acceptable. I mean, it's seen them drop out of contention to win the Premier League. They were competitors to Manchester City and Liverpool. Now, they're way out of the title race. And that's because of their form in the last two months. That's largely down to to injuries as well. It's largely down to the fact their defence hasn't been as watertight as it was before. But they cannot repeat that over the next two months. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it starts with picking up a win here against Tottenham. And I've seen too much between these two sides this season. I've been to two games between Chelsea and Spurs. And in both of those games, it looks like there was a gulf in class. So I'm going to take Chelsea again here on the money line. They're available here at 10 to 13. I didn't actually do the prices for this. Chelsea at 10 to 13. It's 14 to 5 on the draw and 4 to 1 on Spurs. And I'm going to take Chelsea to beat Tottenham once again. Again, that'll be four wins for Chelsea against Tottenham so far this season. But you almost automatically have to play this, given the overwhelming data to support a Chelsea win. And that's why... We are taking this as the lock this week on this show. The data stretches back even further with Chelsea being unbeaten in normal time in 10 competitive meetings with Spurs, winning eight of those and winning three games against them this season. Chelsea also haven't conceded a single goal to Spurs in those matches and Tottenham have won just five of their 15 competitive away games this season. So once again, your lock on the show is Chelsea on the money line against Tottenham at 10 to 13. That's it for me in this edition of the EPL show. Good luck of all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.